One evening about five years ago, I traveled to the Loch Ness with my friend to see the loch and the surrounding area. We had planned on arriving by afternoon, spend the evening, then travel to the hotel when it got dark. We got there with no problems and spent the day together, taking in the beautiful landscape. The moon began to rise and then we noticed it was time to head back. As my friend began to drive back, she went around a sharp bend, and I mean the word too, it's very meaning. She narrowly avoided a man standing on the edge. She is quite understandably in shock and slammed on her brakes in sheer panic. She began to hyperventilate. As I tried to calm her, she believed she hit the man when she swerved. The man was okay, as we learned later, because he walked towards the car and apologized for standing so near to the road. After, he tried to make small talk with repeated apologies. He showed me two pictures and asked me if I knew who the two people were because he was trying to track them down. It was dark, so I switched the light on and quickly glanced, then said I didn't. I showed my friend and she just shook her head without properly looking. She was still in shock. The man didn't ask for the photos back, nor did the conversation go any further. He apologized again and wished us a good night. Without realizing, I joked that we would be better back at the hotel. He laughed and walked off. We drove on. I looked at the two pictures more closely and felt a sick pit in my stomach. One of the pictures was of me and my friend standing over the water edge looking into the lock with my arms wrapped around her. The picture had been taken from behind. The second picture was of me and my friend walking together, our faces clearly seen. That picture was taken from the side, but it must have been done in a wooded area because you could see tree branches. We both sat there for about an hour with the pictures in our fingertips facing us, speechless. I tried to remember the man, but I couldn't remember any features because of the darkness, besides the beard, glasses, and that he was soft-spoken. Later that night, I was awoken by my friend who was screaming frantically. When I ran into the room, she said that the man with the glasses was watching her through the window. We packed up and left, and have never been back to Loch Ness since. When I was a kid, I used to go up to the Smoky Mountains and stay there with my friend and her family for a few days to a week. One time, my friend's dad drove me and my friend down to Asheville, North Carolina, which was about an hour and a half away. My friend and I had to put a lot of makeup on that day because we were preteen girls and we were having fun with makeup. Even with the makeup, it was still very obvious that we were children. We went into a mellow mushroom to sit down and eat when a man, who was probably in his 30s or 40s, started talking to my friend. The situation quickly turned sinister when it became apparent that the man thought my friend's dad was a pimp and he was interested in my friend. I'm pretty sure my friend's dad threatened to disembowel the dude and then we all promptly left and drove back to the mountain home. My friend's dad had to explain to us later what happened and why we left so abruptly. Last year, I was packing up my apartment, ready to move out of my college town. This apartment wasn't in the best area, but it was mostly college students, so it felt pretty safe. 
I had a friend over and we were drinking some mimosas, just happy to be done with our undergrad, both 22 years old and female. It was around 2 p.m. on a Saturday when someone knocked on my door. I looked through the peephole and there was no one there. So I cracked the door thinking my roommate had a package delivered, but there was nothing. This person must have been hiding behind the corner because as I closed the door, they lunged out and put their full weight into the door. But luckily, I was able to get it closed and locked. They began pounding on the door asking for help. It sounded like a woman, but I couldn't tell looking through the peephole. They continued knocking for a minute and pleaded to be let in. My girlfriend and I were standing there frozen. Why were you hiding if you needed help? Also, my apartment was on the fourth floor, back corner, so it's pretty unlikely my apartment was the quickest to reach. After a few minutes, they just calmly walked away. Later that day, I asked my neighbor if anyone came to their door, but she had no idea what I was talking about. Nothing else happened, but I'm still very curious what they really wanted from me. When I was in the fifth grade, I recall going to McDonald's with my two twin friends and their mother. We were standing in a line waiting to order. I was leaning on the wall behind me and looking around. This is when the altercation occurred. An old man was sitting at some sort of counter table thing close to the registers. I don't remember what he was doing, but I recall his pen dropping. He seemed to notice it. But as I stated before, he was old, so he had a hard time leaning down. Being the sweet little 10-year-old that I was, I did a small jog over to him, bent over, and picked up his pen. As I did, he smiled at me and said, Good thing my zipper wasn't down, huh? Being so young, I totally didn't understand what the hell he meant, so I just awkwardly agreed and laughed. Afterwards, I went back with my friends, ordered the meal, and waited at the table with them. I finally asked my friend's mom, what does zipper wasn't down mean? And she only gave me a confused look. When further pressed, I told her about the encounter and she got so pissed off that she tried to look for the man, but he wasn't there anymore. It wasn't until high school when I went back to the same McDonald's in which I remembered this experience and that disgusting old man again. I would say let's not meet again, but I think we should. Being in the army and growing as strong as I am, I probably would deck him in the face now. I'm not sure how old I was, but I was really small, maybe around six. I was with a bunch of people from my church, having a barbecue at the river. All the kids were swimming in the water. I didn't know how to swim yet, so I just stayed waist deep in the shallow parts. At some point, this girl came up to me and was playing with me. We were splashing each other and stuff. The weird thing is she was probably about 13 or so, and I didn't even know who she was, even though I knew everyone else there. Apparently, no one was paying attention to us. She started pushing me out deeper and deeper, to where I couldn't touch. She kept laughing the whole time. My head kept going underwater. I tried grabbing onto her arms when she would push me, but she easily knocked my grip loose. The slight current slowly pulled me away from my friends and my family while I struggled to tread water. I was panicking, but she wouldn't stop pushing me and laughing. I could not possibly have looked like I was having fun. 
I would try to yell, but was only ever above water long enough to take a breath. Every time my feet touched the mud, for a split second, she would just push me again. I couldn't believe she was laughing. I was sure I was going to drown, and no one seemed to notice. Of all the people to intervene, it would happen to be my childhood bully, Zachary. He had always been a jerk to me, mentally and physically abusive, but I still feel like that day he saved my life. He came up to her and told her to get away from me. He grabbed me by my arm and pulled me to where I could stand again. Then he ran off and continued to play with other kids his age, as if nothing happened. The girl was already a ways away too. I went on playing, and as with so much other things, I don't think I told anyone until I was much older. Pretty sure I never saw that girl again. My father's best friend, a man and his wife that I've known since I was a baby, always unsettled me. His wife hated me. She hates kids. And he would pay attention to me, watch me, even if I ignored him. By the time I was 12, I knew things about him that I shouldn't know. Like favorite sex jokes, positions, preferences. You know, stuff that you might say to your best friend, my dad, but not with their 12-year-old daughter around. When I turned 16, there was a night where he was over, and I was in a spaghetti strap shirt with night pants, about to go to bed. I was saying goodnight to everyone in the house. My dad had gone to the bathroom, and this guy's wife was in rehab for drugs, so she wasn't there. He got up from the table and went to give me a hug goodnight. This was really weird since I never initiated any hugging, and he would never initiate one with me. This hug lasted forever. My arms at my side, his arms trapping me against him. He finally released me from the hug, but placed his hands on my arms and looked at me. This look still makes my skin crawl. He looks down at my chest and whispers, Wow, you've gotten so much bigger. His thumbs are ghosting over my arms and closer to my chest. I was too startled and unnerved that I froze. I couldn't think to move. This man, a man that helped my dad change my diapers, was lusting over how big my boobs got when I was 16 years old. Thankfully, before anything got worse, my father got out of the bathroom and this guy backed away. I would never go around him after that. I told my dad that when he would be there, I was not going to stay there. So Marvin, let's not meet again. This is a story which took a while to find out about from my parents. My family, mom, dad, big sister, and I were on holiday at a big family style resort in the 90s. For context, this happened somewhere in a South American country. I've told this story many times and don't want to dox myself by giving away too many details. For context, I have no recollection of this event, but I do remember parts of the holiday, the seas, the white sands, banana trees. The four of us were staying at one of those classic family hotels. The ones where the buffet breakfast has eggs, bacon, fresh fruit, and pancakes galore. The type where there's also a lot of kids and lots of animation for them. There was a kids club where I go and I remember making a friend there too. A little boy my age. That's all I remember. The rest is all for my dad's recounting. We were in the hotel playing area, my parents and I. 
a woman working for the hotel and part of the kids club animation team was playing with me. I was a cute little shy blonde kid and she started playing with me and talking to me. My parents relaxed, enjoying their holiday knowing that their daughter is being entertained by the kids club staff. All good until my dad turns around and sees that I'm missing. I'm not next to them. The woman playing with me is also nowhere in sight. With Papa Bear reflexes, my dad stands up to see the woman walking slowly but surely across the hotel with his daughter in her arms. He begins chasing her down the hotel and she takes up some speed beginning to run with me. This was a vast hotel complex so there's a long way to go. My dad says he ran after her through doors that she would shut in his face. By a stroke of luck, he managed to catch up with her just before she made it to the side exit and pulled me out of her hands. In shock, he grabbed me and ran back, letting the woman disappear into the forest. Immediately, my parents went to the hotel to complain and let them know either their staff or someone pretending to be staff tried to kidnap me. The hotel brushed it off casually and said, Oh, don't worry about it. This happens sometimes. I hope this hotel changed since the 90s, but it really makes me think how fucked up it is that the hotel didn't give a shit. It was almost like they were in on it somehow. Let's start off with some backstory. My parents had shared custody of me until my dad went to start working away. So I moved in with my mom. She lived about two hours away from where I lived with my dad in a pretty shitty suburb. Plenty of junkies and alkies. I was 12 or 13 at the time, maybe younger. This guy named Craig was my neighbor. My house was at the end of the road, then an empty house, then Craig's house. Craig's house was about the same size as ours, but he had about 10 people living there. They were aboriginals, so it's not unusual to have that many people living in a small house. It was about 8.30 p.m. and one of my small dogs had gotten out of the house and ran down the road. So me, being the good fur mom I am, went out to go look for him. I called for him a few times until I started to panic. Craig was sitting in his lawn drinking with plenty of empty bottles beside him. I was on my lawn when he stood up with only the vacant house lawn separating us. Craig waved me over telling me to come closer so I did. I walked closer. He told me that he had a small dog in his backyard and if I didn't hurry up and get it, he was gonna fucking kill that mongrel and hang it all over your house. I was in shock, so I walked closer. Then, one of the women I lived with came running out and told me to get away from the man. I snapped out of it and basically ran inside my house. What happened was, my dog had basically done a lap of the neighborhood and came up right next to our house. He dug under the fence and into the backyard. One of the women I lived with heard him bark, so she asked the others if I was still looking for him, and that's when the lady called for me. To the old man who told me he was going to kill my dog, I hope you fucking die. This was after a Christmas Eve party. When everyone went home, I decided to stay because my cousin and I were watching a movie. My uncle, who used to walk his dogs into the woods next to a park, went off to take them out. Before this, my aunt told him to not do that because it was too dark out there. It was around 4 or 5 in the morning 
So he went off anyway, with my aunt still worried, so I went along with him. Once there, everything was quiet. My uncle and his dogs were having a small relaxing walk as usual, and I wasn't paying much attention to the surroundings when suddenly, the dogs went still. This wasn't strange, they always stopped to stare and bark at other animals they noticed, like rats, birds, insects, and other dogs. However, this time was different. When the dog got still, my uncle noticed something was going wrong. The dogs weren't angry or curious. They were kind of nervous, anxious, afraid. One of the dogs, the largest one, was growling and shaking. My uncle started to worry about the situation when we hear it. People in the woods. We didn't see how many because of the darkness, but they were saying something. We all gather here by the blood of, we, thee, and thy. As my uncle and I heard this, he yelled for his dogs to follow him out of the woods. As we all left, he turned his back and saw a slight movement of the branches and shrubs, perhaps because the people were trying to hide. After that happened, he wouldn't walk his dogs near those woods or in the dark either. One night, I was in bed with my boyfriend. It was about 1.30 a.m. I get a random text from my number saying, Is this my name? Sorry for messaging late and out of the blue like this, but I don't think my boyfriend's being honest with me and I need to talk to you. We exchange a few texts and basically they're accusing my boyfriend of cheating on both of us. Obviously I was annoyed, but bear in mind, it was June 2020, in the middle of coronavirus lockdown in the UK. We'd spent every day together since March. He denied it all and insisted he didn't know who the person was. The same number started texting him, angry texts, calling him a lying rat. Not looking good for boyfriend. But this is where it gets weird. This person gives no specifics. They won't tell me their name what my boyfriend has done, only that he was a liar and that I was an idiot for believing him. I'd ask, but they would mostly reply with vague, angry texts. Their grammar and spelling was good, but they'd use slang words from our local area. We assumed that it might be some kids that found our numbers off of Facebook and were having a laugh, so we tried to ignore it. Then nothing. Until my boyfriend gets a text the following afternoon asking him to meet them in a local social club for some company. My friend and I go straight in the car and went down there. No one was there and the club was closed because of COVID. We couldn't help but feel that we were being watched. It was really weird. A few days go by and the same number starts texting me again. This time, the text language is all weird, like spelling mistakes. It felt like it was a different person texting me. They seemed a lot angrier with me now because I didn't believe them straight away. Then they text me, you're so dull. I see him leaving your house earlier, laughing my ass off. Being cocky, I said something like, funny, then where's my house then? And they replied with my fucking street name. They also knew things about us, like the fact that he was in the army, but I guess he could have figured that out from his social media photos. I called them Lowe's, but it would just ring twice and cut off. Tried searching the number on WhatsApp and on the other few social media sites, but nothing. Only on Instagram, the number would come up with a local film company in Netherlands. 
When I googled the number, the provider is Tizme. I never heard of it, but it looks like it might be a fake number. They never asked for any money or anything like that, either. Don't know why someone would go through that much effort just to wind us up. Last text I had was, Okay, you will see eventually. Just creepy. Any advice, please?